Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's edition of the Ninth State Sports Show, Lacrosse Edition. Uh, my name is Joe Marchalina. Joining me a- a- again this week, uh, Dairy Field head coach Chris Hetler. Uh, Chris, how are you? Uh, how are you holding up as we enter enter what maybe week three of uh, of our our lockdown here? Well, definitely, uh, definitely itching to get back out on the field. You know, since we did this last week, we had the we had the unfortunate news that you know we're we're going to be here a little bit longer. But uh, you know, to the NHI's credit, they haven't given up and they've posted new start dates of uh, you know practices on May fourth, and then um, you know hopefully games starting on May eleventh. They're doing everything they can right now to try and make it happen. So we're staying positive, and uh, you know my kids are preparing to be out on the field, and we're, we're hoping that's what's going to happen. Or I think it was uh, May thirteenth was um, the date that the per- there. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. it was a Monday and a Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Still, I mean, they even came out today it, and said, yeah. "Look, you know, if 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 it, those dates don't happen, then you know we're going to try and make something happen." I don't, I don't think they know they're in uncharted territory. They don't know if we can go into the summer, you know. But uh, the, the main thing to take away is they're not giving up on the season, and, and we aren't either. So, yeah, I, you know, when we when we did this last week, uh, we kind of um, kind of just threw out there what uh, we're going to do, do this like we're everyone's going to still play and, and we'll see what happens. And of course, they announced, I think, what, Thursday then, like, yeah. that, right after we posted it, that they were going to make another announcement this week. So I'm glad that it, they got it. They got it in yesterday before we recorded or they got it in Tuesday before we recorded. So we can at least kind of go off of that for the next couple of weeks, uh, hopefully. Um, yeah, you're right. I, you know, I, I saw, I saw a little talk on, on social media, you know, from, from a couple people saying, oh, why don't they just, you're not going to be able to get out there. Just quit dragging this out. You're not going to play over the summer. Just cancel the whole thing. Um, you know, why are you stringing everybody along? And, and I, 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 I really have to disagree with that. And, and I think, you know, you just uh, spoke to that point too, is, is, you know, why, we don't know what's going to happen. We, we don't know what everything's going to look like in a month um, or even two weeks. Uh, it, it probably isn't going to look good enough to go back, and you know, obviously not in two weeks. A month, we really don't know. But what's the harm in just saying, okay, this is what we're going to do? It's not, you know, it's not like as a coach and an AD, you're not sitting down trying to make schedules right now, right? No, I'm not. I mean, there are some people that are, are talking about trying to move games and stuff like that. And so I, I've sort of tempered that with let, let's give it a week or two and see where we're at and see if it's realistic to start doing that, because it, it is a lot of work. And there, there's other stuff that a lot of us are doing to prepare for the fall and other work that can be done right now. But we're kind of in a wait and see mode. And but none of us, none of us are given up. You know, yes. Are, are there are we, you know, upset and, and wishing that we had some more answers? Yeah. But I, I mean, I agree with your point. There, there's no reason to give up on playing this spring or even playing into the summer or things like that. I mean, at a time where we all need some hope and positivity, why why take that away when one, we don't know for sure that we're not playing and two, let's give something for all the kids to continue to work towards. I mean, my main message when I spoke to my kids is, you know, there, regardless of whether we play real games this spring, there will be future seasons. How do you want, you know, if you're a senior, how do you want to be remembered? What's your legacy going to be? Do you want to be proud of your team? You come back next year and see the team still in good shape and guys moving forward and, and learning and growing. And that, that's what needs to be taken out of this spring. I mean, regardless of whether or not we play games, we want to continue to improve. And I'm sure that's the mindset of most teams out there is, you know, this can't be a wasted spring, regardless of whether they're working for a championship or there's real games to play. 
you know? So that, that's at least my mindset right now. I I'm, I'm choosing to stay positive and, and uh, continue to work with my kids. I, I am too. Uh, I am. I'm going to stay positive. I'm going to try to come up with ways to, you know, make, give give people something to to listen to or to read or to, to maybe even watch i don't know i I've, I've been kind of playing around with the idea of doing maybe some like youtube or facebook live chats if you know that's something people be interested in i don't know exactly what we talk about um but you know we'll figure something out um you know and and, and then today uh like we said we're going to move forward with the idea that games are going to get played uh, I'm going to be posting, you know, regular previews like um, like I normally would the weekend leading into what would have been the start of the season that that weekend. I think it's April 10th or 11th um, leading into what would have been the first ga- day of games. So, you know, people will be able to read that. Uh, we're going to put together a, uh, a preseason watch list uh, like we've done the last couple of years. Um, you know, so you'll have that to kind of go over, um, and then we'll just kind of move forward from there. But today, today yeah. we wanted to talk about what the uh, what Division One boys would look like. But the landscape, yeah, with yeah. the landscape of Division One boys, and you know, again, I'm sure there's going to be some people out there that are going to say, "Well, why are you doing this? Why why are we putting all this work into that?" Well, you know, these kids have worked really hard. Some of these kids are seniors. This is their last chance, and you know, if they don't get to play, if they get to play this summer or this spring, this will be a great way that, you know, we can honor the hard work that they've put in and, and talk about, you know, uh, you know, all the things they did accomplishment and, and why they were on the preseason watch list, what they've done, where they're going to school. And then for the other kids, you know, they, they put in a lot of hard work too. And it's, it's nice recognition for them. So I, I really appreciate you doing this, Joe, and I'm excited to dive in here. Well, I'm going to say too, you know, you, you mentioned, and of course, yeah, the, the kids have put in, in the work to get ready for this spring. You coaches have put in the work. You and I didn't put in a ton of work, you know, planning this, but we put in some work, so we got to do something. I mean, we, we can't <laughs> let all that go to waste. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, you know, so with with division talking about Division One boys lacrosse this year, and um, you know, I don't know, I you know, I, I've always heard it's formats like this, or you know, like right, you know, for the newspaper, it was writing a column. Uh, y- you don't necessarily, I think, maybe want to break news in those areas, but I think. Because of the situation that we're in, we're maybe going to have to break some news for people that don't already know. But I think the biggest story going into the Division One boys lacrosse this season is uh, Pinkerton's got a new coach, uh, and I, you know, I'm not sure how many people know that. I haven't seen it out there anywhere, you know, talked about uh, quite a bit. Uh, but longtime coach Brian O'Reilly uh, stepped down after last season. His uh, his assistant Steve Gaudreau has stepped in, taken over as the head coach. And, um, you know, that's it's one of those things. I remember Coach O'Reilly joking a couple of years ago after they'd won. I don't remember if it was in football or, or lacrosse or it was after he, I think, had become the AD. And someone asked him, well, how much longer do you have? these?" And one of his responses was, you're not even going to know I'm gone. I'm just you're going to show up one day and I'm not going to be there. And that's kind of how this feels. It, yeah, you know, I saw him, uh, you know, both both him and I have transitioned to both being athletic directors. And I, I actually I saw him at the gymnastics championship and we kind of talked about that. And I said, you know, are you are you going to still help out? And he said, you know, no, I if I if I'm there, why would I not just still be the head coach? You know, like and so he's really taking a hands off approach and and letting Steve take over and put his imprint on the program. Um, you know, obviously, you know, he's a legend, but. I don't, I don't anticipate there being much of a drop off. I've been around Steve for a long time. He's a fantastic coach. Uh, I believe he won three straight titles at Bow, 
uh, after winning a couple titles in Massachusetts. Uh, I can't remember the program, but then uh, then went on to coach at St. Anselm. Um, you know, he, he's just a tremendous coach. So, you know, there will be no there will be no loss uh, as far as lacrosse knowledge. There um, might be a different style. I'll be interested to kind of see what 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 they do. Um, but you know, it's uh, if anything, Pinkerton's in in great shape coming into the season again to defend their title. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, it's not like it's not like the cupboards bare. Um, you know, for the for Steve taking over this team. Of course, they've won the last two Division One titles. Uh, you know, they lose um, you know a, a fair amount of talent from last year's team. Um, but, you know, they return uh, a couple of guys, uh, the Druin brothers, Mason and Hunter, that are, you know, very good offensive players. Um, you know, they've got, uh, you know, a couple of some experience back on defense. Um, but maybe the biggest uh, addition for them is a guy that, that you know, had, was at Pinkerton as a freshman, one way to governors for a couple of years, and now is back in uh, Nathan LaLiberty. I was going to say, you talk about what they lost. That's probably the that's probably <laughs> the biggest gain out of any program any program here. I mean, Nathan's a game changer. I mean, that's a kid who, you know, is being recruited as a as a face off uh, specialist to, to Bryant. But this is a kid that won't come off the field. I mean, he's a he's a threat the moment the ball gets in his hand. I mean, he's a two way midfielder right now. Uh, you know, he he doesn't have to switch sticks. He comes down and he can rip the ball just as hard with his face off stick. I mean. That would be, you know, if this season gets going, that's going to be the hardest things. I, I don't anticipate him losing unless he just happens to miss pinching the ball and bringing it up. I mean, he's that dominant. He might be. We've had some very good faceoff guys, but he might be the most dominant guy that's been in New Hampshire in a while. And that's there's some high praise there coming from, you know, a bunch of guys that have that have played Division One recently facing off in New Hampshire. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny when he when he left to go to Governors after his freshman year, we all kind of sat here and said, well, what's Pinkerton going to do with the faceoffs? And you had Gennaro Mara step in and was lights out for two years. Uh, and then he leaves and it's like, okay, well, what are they going to do to replace him? And you've, you come full circle here with, um, you know, little Liberty coming back. He's coming off. I have a, uh, a knee injury that cost him a lot of last year that I know, you know, haven't talked to him, uh, you know, up at indoors, uh, over the winter. I mean, he sounds like he's pretty hungry to get back out there and, and, and maybe yeah. prove a little bit that, you know, that, He's uh, he's every bit the player that, that everyone thought he was going to be uh, as a freshman. Yeah, and I think they have a luxury a little bit too. Uh, I've heard rumors that Mara's brother is is just as well, maybe not just as good, but was was in a position where you know had Nathan not come back, they felt pretty confident going into the season with him. So it might be a situation where they're not going to have to use uh, Nate all the time in the X and, and give his knees some rest and and allow him to stay fresh throughout the season. I mean, if that's the case, it, it's going to be even harder for teams in the state to to stop them this year. Because you're right. If they get the ball, I mean, the Druin right. brothers, I mean, uh, Connor McCormick, I mean, they, they've got a potent offense that's that's going to be able to put the ball in the back of the net a lot if they have it. So um, any team that plays them, they're going to have to get turnovers and make goalie saves to beat these guys. Uh, Joe Mara is the uh, the younger brother of, of Gennaro, uh, of course. And and also, um, you know, a couple other guys they've got back that uh, on offense that uh, maybe weren't in the in, used as much last year. One of the names that stands out to me, Jeff Podvin, familiar from uh, football. He was the the starting quarterback, I believe, for most of this year, if not all of the year. A uh, little bit of experience in, in kind of big situations there. Um, I guess really the question for them is going to be more defense. You've got uh, John Holland, uh, who was a starter last year, back on defense. Uh, but a lot of the other guys are, are going to be having to step in and, and kind of fill some roles. 
Um, yeah, I still like that. They always have they always have good athletes back there, and I, I think I think they'll be fine. I'm not particularly I'm not particularly worried about them on on the defensive end. They always they always have great athletes out there, and and I don't think it's going to be an issue. I think they're going to play make it take it an awful lot. I mean, that could be an issue come playoff time if a team is able to, you know, generate turnovers and make goalie stops and, or uh, saves in the goaltending end and get it in the other end. Then then they'll have to see, but. I, I don't anticipate for, for most of the regular season that being an issue. Of course, uh, you know, the, the team that um, Pinkerton's beaten the last two years and the teams that have played in the final the last, what, are we going on eight years or so that, that it's been Pinkerton BG in the boys lacrosse final? Uh, I think it's something like that. Um, you know, and, and BG's going to be right there again this year. Um, you know, what, what kind of, I mean, obviously, you know, they, they got Sean Cameron back. Uh, ben Abladian, uh, James Hetmiller's in goal. Um, what are some of the other guys that are, are going to? Uh, I mean, I would argue from a, I would argue from a depth standpoint, they they've got uh, they've got a more complete offense than than Pinkerton does. But I think Pinkerton, with their ability to get the ball and and the guys they can put on the field, they 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 can they they're going to be able to score at will as well. But BG, if they had a dominant faceoff guy, I think I think would be arguably it'd be one of the better offenses we, we've seen in a while. Um, you know, they they bring back uh, you know a kid who didn't play an awful lot last year, Nick McGovern. I mean, he's going to be a matchup nightmare for people. He's I want to say he's six three, six four, two hundred something pounds. I mean, he's being recruited at a high level, and you know he lost a lot of time to a hamstring injury last year that he just couldn't recover from, and now is fully healthy again. Um, you know, he's going to be a good player for them. Um, you know, the, the thing with, sorry to jump in there, but the, yeah. the thing with him too is, um, last year, even if he had been healthy, I don't know how much, I mean, where would he have fit in? Do you think? Uh, right. And, and now that, now that there's kind of an opening, I think a bit more for him, um, Absolutely. you know, that that's probably, and, but you're right. He's a huge dude. Um, like <laughs> looking at this and, and I, I, you know, I knew, I remember him, you know, being talked about, or we, I think we talked about him beginning of last year. I didn't realize he was only a junior this year, though. I, I you yep. know, he looks more like a senior. He's looked like a senior since freshman year. I mean, I remember, I remember playing him uh, when he was at Bo his freshman year, and and he was a matchup uh, problem then, you know. So, and then you know, you you, you couple him with with Joey Lupo and Dawson Clark. Um, you know, Ben Abladian. I mean, they, they've got some, they've got some really good players. They got uh, Mason Carroll coming back at midfields. Um, you know, they, they've definitely got the firepower to go toe to toe with, with Pinkerton. It's just whether or not they're going to get, whether or not they're going to get enough possessions. Um, but with James and net and, and an experienced defense around him, probably one of the, the better defenses they've had in a while. Um, you know, Aiden Wilkie, Matt Frechette, um, you know, some of those guys back there, they're, they're, they're capable of doing it. They're definitely capable of doing it. It's funny how these things go in runs. You know, it seemed like for a while, you know, it was like, you know, BG, BG had, had Pinkerton's number. And now as in the last couple of years, now Pinkerton seems to have their number. Uh, it seems to go in waves and it just takes one team beating the other team to give each other confidence. And then it seems to roll for a little bit. So, you know, even, even with that, I think the last couple of years, I mean, has it, I mean, I'd have to go back and probably look at the scores, but I fit my gut feeling is, is that a lot of times, I'd say the last five five years, maybe six, um, you know, that final, like maybe um, just looking at it right now, yeah, let's say the last five years, you know, it's been, uh, they've gone into the final, maybe one team, obviously one team's a, a higher seed, but you could flip a coin, I think, and, and, and maybe, maybe yeah. you know, we talked, we talked last week about, um, the, you know, 2018, 
you know, with that BG team that was just loaded, um, you know, maybe they had, again, play 10 times and they win seven of them. But, but I mean, they're going to be close games. Uh, and that's the way it's been the last few years. I mean, we're looking at two goal games, one goal game. Um, the only outlier is 2017 BG won by five. Not remember, I don't remember exactly what happened in that one, but I mean, they're, you know, it, it's been definitely been, you know, Pinkerton in the last two years, BG the two years before that. Um, but I mean, I think you could, it, it by no means is either team dominated. The other, the other thing I think, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe just for the recent few, uh, the recent few years here, it's been the winner of the, the regular season is lost in, in the finals. Right. I think, I, I think, I think that's gone on for quite a while. It's been, now. yeah. Whenever they've played, I want to say 2014, um, was the last time I think BG won both games that year. Um, but even going back to like, like 2013, 2012, I think BG, they played in the semis and that might've been, if I'm remembering correctly, that might've been one of those kind of games. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been back and forth a lot and, and it really has, it's very strange how it's worked out that way. Cause you think at some point, you know, maybe a team would just take both of them in one of these years, but. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens this year. Of course, that's the other another interesting factor um, going into this is that um, they were scheduled to play, I believe, the second Tuesday of the season, that second week. Um, you know, so is that a game that you would get, you know, moved back later in the year, or would it just be taken off the board? Yeah, I mean, those are all those are all things up for discussion right now as ads. We're, you know, we've sort of been they they've given us kind of the directive. I, I think the idea is that. You know, if we start on May 4th, there would be room to play somewhere between eight to 10 games, possibly. And so, you know, it's, you know, and, and you don't know, some teams have a, a loaded May schedule and other teams don't, you know, and have less games. So, you know, it's it, it then it would be kind of up to the ADs. I was kind of hoping the NHIA would maybe come up with a, a modified schedule, but it's going to be tough. And I mean, you know, if they tell us, hey, you just got to move, you know, figure out your eight to 10 games you want to play, we can do that. You know, we'll make it happen. And I would hope that would be one of the games that would get rescheduled. I would think both teams would want to do that, especially with the Massachusetts, a lot of the Massachusetts games probably being canceled. You know, I think that would be, that would be a great tune up for both teams to kind of get an idea and feel each other out and see how they want to play it in the playoffs. Yeah. So, so who is, uh, who is the team that maybe has a shot at beating either one of them? And well, I I think the team that would be really upset if they didn't get a chance to play this year is, is Exeter. Um, you know, I, I watching Exeter at indoor, I mean, they, they're playing with a Gary Holly's got the, you know, just a, a tremendous core group of kids and he's got a great youth program coming up and they're, they're playing extremely confident right now. And they're playing with a little chip on their shoulder. I mean, he's got a lot of kids that'll come back next year, but I mean, you start with senior Henry vote in that, I mean, th- that's something I want to see. I mean, this kid's been lights out for the last four years or, or the last three years. And for him not to get a chance to kind of show off how good he can be in the league and get a chance to maybe knock off one of these guys, that, that would be a shame. Um, you know, uh, you look at a kid, Spencer Clark, um, who's, who's a junior, he'll be back. But again, one of probably one of the top midfielders in the league um, coach's son, Connor is, is, is really good at midfield for them. Um, they've got a kid, Dayton Christian, Dayton Christensen, who's a senior this year who would kind of miss out on it. So they, they've got some good players. They've got some good, um, you know, they're not, they're definitely not as deep as the other teams. They will, I think they will be in a, in a couple of years here. He's also got some guys that, you know, maybe, maybe we haven't heard of yet that were freshmen and sophomores that are ready to contribute now. 
And, um, you know, so I, I think, I think they're on the verge of breaking through. Um, they're definitely a final four team. And I, I think it's a team that really is looking forward to playing this spring and hoping that it happens. You know, and that's one too. It always, you know, it'll come down to like the mat, the matchup in, in the playoffs too. I mean, they, I feel like over the years, or at least the last few years, they've matched up better with Pinkerton than they do with BG. And um, they really have. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, with the exception of maybe last year, I think that they've gotten to that semifinal game and it's been BG that they've had to match up with, which is just for whatever reason has been tougher for them. Um, So that'll be interesting to see too. Where do they kind of line up? And then I guess the next big question is, is who's that fourth team who finishes in that number four seed? Um, You know, I think we've talked about a couple times, you know, going back um, to the fall and it's, it's really, what maybe three or four teams um anyone from i think londonderry maybe nashua south um maybe sowhegan could sneak in there um those would be my those would be my three teams that i i would kind of i would kind of look towards i mean londonderry to me is really interesting depending on on what kids uh come out i mean you have you have kyle prue highlighted on on their defense and uh, Cole Keegan on attack, but, you know, does Wiedenfeld come back out again? Um, you know, they've, they've got a lot of athletes that I think got fired up from winning that football state championship. And, and you may, that that's a team that was going to be really intriguing this, this spring to me is, you know, how do, how do they, do they put it all together and can they make a run back to the final four again? You know, um, they, they seem like a team every year too, that they, you know, you mentioned with Exeter that there'd be kids stepping up that we don't know about. And I feel like that happens a lot with Londonderry just because of, uh, you know, and I think it happens a little bit in football too, you, you know, just because of the number of kids that they end up having that you don't end up hearing about some of these kids until they're, you know, maybe late junior year, early senior year, or into senior year, just because, the, you know, there's so many kids that they're playing behind. So I imagine. Yeah, and they've, got, they've also got, a, they've also got a lot of multi-sport athletes. So yeah, some of the, yeah. some of the kids, you know, the, the football kids and the, the hockey kids and the basketball kids, they're, they're not playing lacrosse year round. So they, they don't become household names, but they're very good athletes and, you know, they've got good skill and they get out there and, you know, again, they match up. I think they, they have a hard time against the BGs and the, and the Pickertons because those kids are playing year round and they just, they're slightly more polished, but um, no, I, I was really looking for Londonderry to break out. And then, you know, I think Nashua South has slowly been building and building and building. And again, another team that I think is going to be really upset if we don't get to play this spring. I mean, you know, uh, you know, they've got they've got Drew and, and Garrett Flurry, um, you know, down on attack. Um, they, they've got a nice they've got a nice little group. Jaden Murphy at midfield. Um, you know, I, I just I was really impressed with what they did last year. I thought that was a team that was coming together and, and playing well together. Yeah, that's a group. You mentioned a couple of names there. Um, I feel like they've been playing together for a long, long time uh, on the on offense, and and I think that's um, you know maybe they do maybe, have very good chemistry. Yeah, yeah. that's the, that's the thing is that they just I think they're so maybe polished offensively, um, you know that that's that's would be their strength. I would say going into the season, and and that would be kind of a, a big disappointment for that group of seniors to not be able to finish this one out. Um, defensively i think though is where where they might be a little more a few more question marks just because they seem to to just cycle through kids on that side whether it's you know guys that end up getting hurt or guys that are are in and out um you know i know in the past they've had a couple of football kids step in and play um so that'll be interesting to see just you know how are they how are they able to build on that side of the ball with a shortened season 
you know, they, they're a team that, um, you know, I think is just a step below athletically to the other teams. I mean, we talk about their polish on offense when they, when they are better athletes and they match up against the other teams, they can, they can show that off. But when the other team, when the other team has better athletes and they can put more pressure on them, it disrupts the timing of their offense. And it, and then it doesn't look as clean. I mean, they would be, they would be a very good division two team. If they were there, they would, they would, uh, they, they would be pushing, they'd, they'd be pushing for, you know, a final four finals, finals berth every year there based on the way they play. It's just when they run into an Exeter or a Londonderry or a BG or a Pinkerton, you know, they run into just a depth of athlete there that they, they don't have across the board. Like you were talking about, they've got holes there that they're doing a nice job of filling, but, but holds them back a little bit. But I, I think they were ready to take another step forward this year. You know, you could say that on maybe every year about the team that finishes fourth and fifth in Division mm-hmm. One. Would love to see maybe like a four-team playoff there. Take take the team that finishes third and fourth in D one, and then one and two in D in D two. Play a little. That that would kinda, be fun. Yeah, tournament. we've talked we've talked about that for a while. That, that'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> um, and then of course the other team we mentioned is potentially being um, in that top four spot. Uh, Sauhegan. Um, yeah, you know, they they do have a huge hole to fill in goal with uh, with John Lones graduating. Uh, but they returned some pretty good talent with uh, Curtis Red, Riley Lawhorn, probably the two guys that uh, that come to mind first. Yeah, boy, those two guys really stuck out during indoor this year. I mean, in, in indoor, it's a little bit easier because you're you're playing on a smaller field and and you have less guys out there. The games are shorter, so those guys can stay on the field more. But man, boy, were they they were just dominant. They they can shoot hard. They can shoot accurate. Um, you know. Riley, or the knock on Riley early was that he was like a, a between the lines guy. He was a really good defender. He was really good at ground balls, but you know couldn't get the ball on net. And and now, I mean, man, he is deadly on the run. And and Curtis is just super sneaky. Like he he knows exactly when when his defender is screening the goalie. He finds he he's found angles all over the field to get his shot off. And those two those two would definitely be a very potent offense for them this year. And then, you know, you talk about, yes, they did, they, they did lose their goaltender, but they returned Luke Manning on defense. Um, they've got some other experienced defenders back there. They were going to be a team. I think, um, you know, uh, I, I think, again, face-offs were going to be an issue, but they, I know they were working with someone to, to shore that up. Um, you know, so they, they, were definitely, they were definitely a team in that, that final four mix or are a team, yeah. Yeah, Manning's, a, 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 I think, going to be the maybe the leader on that. And what's, I think, going to be pretty young defense, um, you know, because they went that, – that playoff run that they made, um, you know, they – I was at that quarterfinal game where they played Hanover, uh, and early on they, you know, had a couple of injuries. And for most of that game, they played, I think, with two sophomores and a freshman out there on defense yep. uh, and, and did a, a great job of really holding Hanover in check. You know, and so that's you know that speaks volumes, I think, to what they could potentially do, um, not just this year, but moving forward to next year, because all those kids, uh, you know, are going to be back af- on defense, are going to be back after this year. So that's, um, you know, that's good for them too. To maybe have to, you know, they might have to break in a goalie kind of quick, uh, you know, given the way the years, you know, year is going to go. So having that, yeah, they might, there is good. they they might be young. They're going to be young for a couple of years, but they they've kept a lot of middle schoolers home. They have a nice group. Uh, you know, um, Luke's brother Cole, who who's a midfielder slash attackman, he he's jumping in the mix there in the next year or two. Um, you know, they're, they've they they do they've got some talent coming up, but they may take a step back for a year or two. But as long as all those kids stay together, they're going to be they're going to be a good team for a while there. Uh, you know, mentioning Hanover, they're a team that to me I think is 
I mean, we, we never know what's going to happen with them because uh, we don't, for number one, we don't get to see much of them. Um, you know, I think they're the, the furthest away of any of the Division One teams uh, outside of maybe Keene. Um, you know, but but they do return a guy who's probably one of the better faceoff guys I think in the division, and 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 Brendan Brigham, and that's obviously a good place to start. Uh, you know, if you're going to have a successful team. Yeah, and you know, I I thought they did a really nice job of playing to their strength last year. They knew they were going to get possessions, so they would slow it down on offense. They would methodically work until they got a really good shot. You know, one of the a high percentage shot, and then on defense they would pack it in and they they played a zone. They played a backer zone and. You know, so they kind of they kind of limited teams and didn't, you know, if you weren't winning faceoffs, you didn't get out to an early lead. You can't really play that style if you get behind. But, you know, if you can if you can grind that game down, um, you know, they stayed in a lot of games and they did not have the talent to go as far as they did last year. But they they were really well coached and they played they bought into it, uh, a team style of offense and defense. And, um, you know, it was a credit to what they did last year. You know, another um you know, team that we we've always um, had talked about as as in the mix for that Final Four spot that kind of took a step back last year. Uh, Bedford, uh, of course, new coach last year, and Matt uh, Johansmeyer. He's now in his second year. I'm sure things will probably go a little bit, or had been going a little bit smoother now that he'd had a full, you know, um, off season, knowing that he was the head coach. Um, you know, they had some, I think, some bright moments during the indoor season, but you could tell that that maybe they were still maybe a piece or two away. Um, just what did you see from them? Uh, yeah, I mean, from from the indoor season, it was really hard to tell because it's another one of those schools kind of like Londonderry where they really excel at a lot of different sports. So they've got a lot of three sport athletes. Their football program is always really good. Their basketball program is really good. Um, you know, it's just it's a sports culture there. So they never really had their entire team there at indoor. Um you know, one of one of their main players, Johnny Giroux, you know, who, who's going to be a midfielder, uh, starting midfielder for them. He wasn't at a lot of the games this year, and he's a he's a big difference maker for them. Um, I did. I was really impressed by Will Enters, their their LSM close defender. Um, you know, his game has taken a real step forward, um, you know, get, getting pretty good at being a takeaway guy. Um, you know, he's not he's not physically huge. He's not an intimidating force like that. But um he kind of reminds me a little bit of like uh, Eric Flynn, another another former Bedford player there um, and his ability to kind of, you know, disrupt and, and you take him for granted and all of a sudden the ball's on the ground. So, you know, I, I think Will was really looking forward to the spring as well. Uh, of course, uh, we talked about, you know, probably the biggest coaching move or, or change in the in the state with um, Coach Brian O'Reilly stepping down at Pinkerton. Uh, but there are a couple other ones around Division One. You got um New coach out in Keene, uh, Jamison Hines takes over there. Uh, new coach at Nashua North, Matt uh, Muser, um, I believe is their third coach in four years since uh, since Keith Bertrand went to Sauhegan. Yeah, um, you know, so that's going to be an interesting situation there. Uh, you know, he'd mentioned um, a couple of kids to me, you know, that he was looking forward to see. Of course, he's still trying to get used to or, or try to get familiar or was trying to get familiar with these guys because he was a late hire. Um, you know, two guys, uh, it sounds like defensively might be their strength, uh, Aiden McGrath and Kyle, Kyle Krulikowski. Sorry if I, I, I did pronounce that wrong, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, you know, they returned their goalie and Ryan Palmer, who, you know, was was very good for them at times when I saw them, but just he made a lot too of many man. shots, yeah. Yeah, he made a lot of saves last year. I think we were both watching the, uh, we watched, I think, Nashua South and Nashua North games, yeah. together. And yeah. he, yeah. 
Palmer kept them in that game for a lot. He was, yeah, he was, he was very good then. Um, he's come a long way in his, in his, uh, clearing game as well. Um, you know, that's something that he's had to work on over the years there. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, National North again, 11 seniors, like that's, that's really, that's really tough for those kids if we don't get a chance to play this right. spring. So hopefully, hopefully we get on the field with them. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, you're not going to get, you're not going to make uh, Coach Coach Blaska angry at me over at Timberland. Oh, so we're not going to forget. We're not going to forget about them. I was just going to bring. I don't want. Up. I don't want Coach Ken <laughs> angry at me. Uh, no, I mean, were there? I mean, they're a team. I, I, you know, last year I think we we went into this uh, into the season wondering what they were going to do in D1. You know, thinking that they had the potential to to surprise us, and um, you know, they ended up getting a playoff win over South, uh, making the quarterfinals, and, and they've got some, um, you know, maybe one of the better kids in the state back in, in Matt Licata. So I, I mean, mean if Matt if Matt was playing, you know, again, Matt, you know, Coach has done, Coach Blaska has done a great job of building that program up and, and getting more athletes to come out, and not only athletes, but teaching them and, and getting them fundamentally sound. Um, but Matt's a player that every game is going to draw the best defender on every team. They're going to try and shut him off. And, you know, I mean, he's he's committed to Villanova, um, and he he's the real deal. I mean, you watch him play indoor. His change of direction, his change of speed, the angles that he he can get shots off and release, and the way he hides his stick. I mean, they're, they're, he's a he's a great player. He's a complete player. Um, you know, and, and he does have a running mate. He does have Cody Fleming up at the midfield, who again underrated player. Um, you know, really strong, good change of direction, good shot on the run. And those, those two pieces, it's, it's whether or not they've, they've developed enough other pieces to take the pressure off of those two. Do they have other guys that can step up and prove on a regular basis that they can beat their guy one-on-one and put the ball in the back of the net? If they do, again, that's another team that, you know, all of a sudden they're in the quarterfinals making a push to, to be in a final four team and, and, and you know, possibly, you know, I'm looking over, um, and we've we've talked about a lot of teams tonight. Um, yeah. We haven't mentioned Concord. Uh, we haven't mentioned Dover. Two teams that um, you know Concord seems to be in the mix for a playoff spot every year. Uh, you know Dover came moved up from uh, D two last year. I know they graduated a lot of seniors, but that's a, a very been a traditionally strong program over there. Uh, you know Liam Murphy and his uh, well be this year being his second year as the head coach. Um, you know he's. Um, guy that was in that program so he's got a lot of pride over there um you know so those are two teams I, I know in a normal year we'd be talking about what nine playoff teams i think um yeah you know i think maybe with the exception of, of a couple programs that have been kind of down you know keen salem north um I, you know i think everyone else might have a legit shot at if if we're if it's a nine team playoff they're talking about, you know, that, that you bring up an interesting point there. I don't know how they do it, but they're talking about basically an open tournament that any school could say, yep, we want in. And I, I have no idea how you would seed it. I, it's getting, <laughs> I, I just think that this year we're going to all have to be flexible and say, you know what, maybe things aren't fair, but this is the best we, this is the best we can do to try and make something happen. Um, you know, they're, they're basically saying anybody who wants in can get in. You know, and I don't, like I said, I don't know how you do that with everyone playing a different amount of games and a different, you know, it's no longer a, a fair and balanced schedule. But then again, yeah, never some, really was some, a fair yeah, and balanced schedule. Some so, years it's not a fair balanced know? schedule. Um, so, no, I, I think you know. I think that's just it. You just you, you say who's in, you know, the teams you, you get the teams that are in and then you just see them based on on what their records are to that point. 
Maybe they're uh, going to pull him out of a hat. Maybe we get maybe get Pinkerton BG <laughs> we'll in, the, a, in the quarterfinals. Have a uh, selection Sunday type of a uh, type of show, and we can we there can announce them uh, somewhere on uh, somewhere live on social media. That would be fun. <laughs> but I, I agree with you. You know, Concord uh, Jeff Smith's a really good coach, and that's a team that to me always seems to get better as the season goes on. They start off a little bit slow. They've got they they've got a, a great hockey tradition up there. He gets a lot of good athletes to come out, and it takes them a little while. Plus, they don't have a turf field, you know, so it's it's always a little bit slower for them. And then by the end of the season, they they play really really well. And sometimes they even surprise teams early on. You know, if coach throws throws in some sort of exotic zone or something, and all of a sudden, you know, they they they're giving teams trouble. Well, I think uh, before we before we wrap this up, I want to put you on the spot if that's all right. Uh-oh. Uh oh. If we so if if again thinking we were going to have a full normal year, uh, who are your players of the year? Do you think offense, defense? Oh, uh, I I think it's hard to go against. I think it's hard to go against Sean Cameron, yeah. but I think I think the uh, the Druin brothers could be in that mix. Uh, believe it or not, I think Nathan the Liberty could be in that mix. Um, I you know I I could see I could see a Spencer Clark being in discussion there, a Matt Licata. Um, I, I think, I think I'd have to give, I think at this point I'd have to give it to Sean Cameron until yeah. somebody proves me until somebody proves me different. Okay, but, um, yeah. you know, that, that's, that's kind of where my, that's kind of where my mind is right now. Um, defensively, uh, boy, that's, that's a tough one. Um, you know, I could see, I could see, uh, Henry Vogt, you know, if they go with a, if they go with a goaltender or James Height Miller, uh, I could see Aiden Ahern. Uh, on defense for BG, um, maybe John Holland from Pinkerton. Um, you know, Luke Manning's a junior. Does he play well enough? You know, does does Sauhegan, you know, make a run there? Um, you know, those. I think those would be. You know, am I forgetting anyone with those? Anyone outside that list? No, I think that's um, that's actually most of the guys that I would have mentioned as well. <laughs> uh, you know, and I. So I did I, all right. Okay. I think. Um, um, you know, I I, I think. What's kind of interesting about that, you know, how I mean, it wasn't that long ago. I think you could look at this and say the answer to those questions, maybe maybe two or three guys uh, on each, you know, for each side uh, going into a year. And now, you know, we're talking, I mean, you mentioned, I think, six or seven guys. It's a much um, deeper. Yeah. 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 No, I I think. And that's a credit. That's a credit to all the, you know, the travel programs out there and the opportunities that these kids are you know, getting throughout the, throughout the season now, you know, there, it's a much deeper, there's a lot more kids playing. Um, you know, there aren't as many, you know, there, there aren't a lot of gimmies on the, on the schedule anymore. Everybody's got a pretty good team. I mean, yes, Pinkerton and BG will, will likely, you know, continue to be, be there in the short term, but, um, you know, teams, teams are doing, they're, they're, they're getting better and better. You know, the depth, the depth is there. Well, I think that's going to just about wrap it up for our, uh, our division one boys lacrosse preview. Um, so how does that feel? We're we're uh, we're one step closer, I think, to um, to maybe seeing some games this year. I'm excited. I, I think you know, as as the days are getting nicer out and the weather's getting nicer, you know, it was great. We had um, my team. Uh, we 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 had a quick uh, we had a quick meet over Google Meet today, and it was really fun to see all. We had you know 40 guys show up on there, and it was really cool. <laughs> it's just fun to re fun to reconnect and and see everybody, and it's getting me fired up. I know they're working hard individually. 
you know, to get in shape. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just hoping, I don't care how many games we get. I'm just hoping to get out there and get some practices in and run around with them and, you know, get to enjoy being with the seniors one last time. So I'm sure there's a lot of coaches out there that feel that way. One more big question for you. How many times did you have to use the mute button today? Actually, you know what? The kids are being, the kids are being pretty, uh, you know, they're, they're figuring out social norms over, over the, uh, over virtual talk pretty quick, you know, better than a lot of adults actually. Yeah. I've, I've noticed that myself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He is uh, dairy field boys lacrosse coach and athletic director, Chris Hetler. Chris, thanks again for joining me. Joe, always a pleasure. I'm looking forward to next week. I think what we're going to, we're going to preview D2 D2 boys next week, two boys next week, and uh, hopefully have a few, um, few things coming up on the site uh in the near future that uh will hopefully pique everyone's interest all right fantastic looking forward to it i am uh, joe marcellino thanks again for listening